Look, honestly, I don't know what the go is with this incense burner. Um, I believe it's... Look, this is the incense burner I'm talking about. It's this little TP thing that I sit the fucking incense in the top of. Now, I know at least one person out there who's watching the video is going like, Hey man, that's not how you fucking use that incense burner. But to be very honest with you, I don't know how to use it. I obviously don't have the right incense for it. I still want to burn my incense and I'm using... You know how some incense sticks have the fucking... The, the base of them is too thick to begin with. Like, it's too chunky. Like, you have to shave it down to get it inside the hole of those standard... You know this sort of incense burner. So like, I still want to burn the incense, but you know, when you don't have a knife or a pair of scissors on, on you that you can use to shave it down, you know, your other option is to just not burn incense or let it make a mess everywhere. So I guess I just let it make a mess everywhere. But hey, if anybody has the answer as to what that fucking style of incense burner is actually for, look, your boys all is, okay? Anyway, let me cut to the chase. My name is Jake Kerr. This is a Black Ink Podcast, and this is episode number 62. I would like to thank you for joining me today. This episode is proudly brought to you by Black Ink itself, which is, of course, an industry leader in apparel and merch in the motorcycle lifestyle uh, industry. So let's get straight to it. Yesterday, I made a terrible podcast. I'm going to apologize for, for putting that up and having you listen to it, but I'm also going to admit that I've just come from posting it right now. Now, why did I post it? Why? Because, because I feel like there is an element of yesterday's podcast that was, there was something beautiful about it. When I watched it back myself, it was a terrible fucking cringy episode that if I'm very honest, I really, really, really didn't want to upload. But unfortunately, there was nothing in there that met the criteria of shit that made it unjust worthy to upload and may, you know, be a part of my story. And when I say that, the thing that I mean is, the beautiful part about yesterday's podcast was that I wasn't lying. At no point did I, you know, don't, you kind of don't, you know, uh, what's the word? At no point did I steer away from the truth. In fact, I lent into it so much that I was just speaking exactly how I feel. And it's not that I don't do that very often, but the fact is yesterday I came into the podcast believing that I couldn't do it. And it was more a case of, well, even if I don't record something that I'm going to upload, I'm going to record something. I'm going to go through the motions. I'm going to do the practice of what it is that I'm trying to achieve. Because if I do nothing at all, then it's all been for nothing, you know? And part of my goals this week was to record and upload three podcasts. And I thought, well, I'm just going to see this show. I'm going to see how it pans out. And if obviously, if you didn't listen to yesterday's podcast, A, don't go and listen to it. And B, it was all about me having a bad day and figuring out how the fuck I got to not having a good day, Right. And this is the thing, as humans, we're all having good, bad, great, average, shit, whatever you want to say, we're all having a vast range of days, and they're continuing to happen until we die. So the thing that I tried to do yesterday was encapsulate that thing that made it bad, talk about it, maybe have some points of relatability, and move forward from there. And it's funny, because I genuinely had no fucking idea why I was having a bad day, until I got to the point where I realized, like, oh... I did way too much exercise yesterday. That's exactly why I had a bad day. And obviously in that moment, I realized like, you know, it had to do with the exercise. It had to do with fatigue. It had to do with my energy levels. And obviously without having some sort of baseline of, you know, just energy or I guess fuel for your body to work with, it's really hard to emotionally and physically keep up with a day. So by the time I came to recording my podcast yesterday, I had no energy stores that my body could use to dip into cool ideas in my mind or cool pockets of thought that I'd be able to bring up in the podcast. And the consequence was exactly what you saw. It was me forgetting what I was talking about, forgetting the topic of the conversation, forgetting the fucking points in the story that I was trying to bring up, and realistically just not being able to like 
pull together something cool and entertaining for you to listen to. But as I said, I don't want to, there's a lot of podcasts that I don't post purely because I think the topic matter isn't that important or isn't that interesting, or maybe I took the long way around to make that point and it isn't something that I want to be reflected in my character, but yesterday's was a little bit different. Yesterday showed a side of me that isn't ugly, but it isn't the most attractive side of me. And I wanted to still, I mean, if you're someone who's following the process and listening to all the podcasts, whether they're good or bad, I feel like it adds a piece to the greater puzzle. So if you listen to it, thank you. If you got annoyed by it, I'm sorry, fucking whatever. I'm going to keep moving on. Today, what I want to talk about is a little bit of an update of where I'm at with my uh, with my process and my journey. Because the thing is, it's not all, it's, I, I, I keep on doing this. I keep saying I don't know what black ink, black ink is. The one thing that I do know is there are some analytics within my business and within my projects that I can use to kind of judge and see where I'm at. And one of the really interesting ones is the analytics that YouTube gives you. Because while not everybody listens to my podcast on YouTube, there is a certain demographic that get all of my podcasts off YouTube and they watch the video version. They see me using my hands way too much. They see all the facial expressions that I don't realize that I'm making. And these analytics are strangely are kind of like the, the most accurate sense of what's going on that I get. Because as far as my Instagram analytics go, they're so vast in that I know that people are looking at my stuff and I know like what age they are, what gender they are and where in the world they are and how many of them there are. But it's not really helpful in what the content that I'm posting is uh, like. Obviously, they show you what gets the most amount of likes and what gets the most amount of views. But it's really hard to understand what within that content is doing well. And see, the thing with the with the, with the the podcast is essentially I'm just doing the same thing on repeat every time. And the good thing about that is because I have that standard, that like baseline of what's going on, then I can use the analytics really specifically to see what it is that I'm talking about or how I'm talking or how my delivery comes across as to when people stop listening or start listening or what they skip through or what they are interested in or not interested in. And a cool part of YouTube is the overall analytics. And the thing that I've kind of made a a little bit of a habit of is recording these particular, I wouldn't say milestones, but just numbers as I achieve them, recording them down on the dates that they they happen so that I can judge the amount of growth that I'm having incrementally through this whole process. And obviously at the start, uh, well, I guess it's as important at the start as it is, you know, when you're up and running, but it really does, like I've found, I probably should footnote this with, the dust has settled with moving into this new house, okay? And getting the screen printer and having this new space that I can operate in and, and all the rest, like the excitement has worn off and now I'm starting to feel stagnant. And I think the thing that really helps me is these analytics because it allows me to say like, look, physically, like numbers on paper or numbers on a screen, we can see that we're performing better from this time last month or this time three months ago, or this time six months ago. Because it's super easy just to see like, I mean, if you've been following the story, you know, me getting followers, me getting new followers has gone from a thing that used to blow my mind to now I expect to get a certain amount of new followers a day. And moving forward, I expect that number to only increase. That's the idea of what's going on. And with my YouTube viewership, I'm hoping that every week I have more subscribers. And with every podcast, my average plays and the amount of time played through that podcast is increasing as well. The overall amount of time that I have viewed I would hope goes up exponentially. So week one, I have one hour viewed. Week two, I have two hours viewed. Week three, I have five hours. Week four, I have 10 hours. Week five, I have 25 hours. So that amount goes up exponentially. It's not just going up the same amount every time. 
And the cool part about that is the, the fucking, I'm putting the exponential in exponentially. Like the growth that I'm having on YouTube, while I'm not getting a heap more subscribers and I'm not getting a heap more listens every time, the fact is the base of people who are listening, that base is growing so much so that I'm not going to get 15 new people listening to my podcast every time I post a podcast, but I get seemingly like one more solid person who does watch them from start to finish roughly every like one to three podcasts. And the way that translate in my numbers is, well, let me let me tell you exactly how it translates. Here's my little fucking personal board here that I just write on with a, with a what do you call it, whiteboard marker. So basically 28th of September. So we're, we're what, the 19th of November when I post this. So September, October, November, we're talking going back, you know, just under three months ago, I started recording these. So I had one and a half thousand total views of all of my videos. Now a view on a YouTube video doesn't necessarily mean from start to finish. It's a certain amount of time that is a percentage of your total video. So if you have a three minute video, it might only take 20 seconds of viewing that video to get what's classed as a view. But if you have a 45 minute video, then it's gonna be more than 30 seconds that determines that being a person viewing a video. So I don't know the exact stats, but what I do know is a view doesn't mean from start to finish. So with that piece of information in mind, I take into account that I can't just count a view as someone watching 45 minutes of my video. So if I explain that a different way, what I'm saying is my videos generally are 45, minute, 45 minutes long. So that would mean that if I had 1.5 thousand views, that I can, it doesn't mean that I go one, I go 1500 times 45 minutes and that's how many total um, viewed hours that I have of my video. What that means is it's 1.5 thousand times whatever that, you know, it might, it might only take viewing my video for a minute and a half to count as a view. So that means that my total viewed hours might only be like, fucking, you know, 1.75 thousand or whatever it might be. Anyway, I'm, I'm confusing this with numbers. I'm going to be talking about a few numbers upcoming, so I'll just keep it simple. So I had one and a half thousand views on the 28th of September with 49 subscribers. So in total, I had 188 viewed hours of content on my channel. So that means in total of everybody, the amount they watch, that's a real genuine number. I had 188 hours people had spent on my channel viewing my content, right? So by the 14th of October, so now this is roughly three weeks later, I went from one and a half thousand to 1.8 thousand views. So I had 300 more views in three weeks. I had 52 subscribers, so that number had gone up by three. And I had 227 hours watched that had gone up from 188 hours watched. So you can see there, there's a little bit of growth. It's starting to get exciting and it's more to a point that, I mean, obviously that was the second time I recorded something. So I've gone from a standard and I've seen that it has grown a little bit in those three weeks. From then, from the 14th of October to the 2nd of November, which is just under three weeks, I've gone from 1.8 thousand views to 2,000 views. So it isn't heaps more and I've got 61 subs. So I've only, you know, I've gone up the same amount of subscribers. I've got three more. My views have gone up probably, I mean, about the same rate that they were going up, right? And I had 257 hours of total viewed content on my channel. So I went from 227 to 257, right? So I've got about, you know, 30 hours, exactly 30 hours more of viewed content in those just over two weeks. So these are like real numbers. These, this means that people are actually experienced. And this means like more than just my mum and my best friend are watching these podcasts. It means they're actually being watched by a good demographic of people out there. 
Now, this is the exciting part. So I went from 1.8 thousand views to 2,000 views between the 14th of October and the 2nd of November. Now the 18th of November today, so this is literally 16 days difference. I've gone from 2,000 views to 2.9 thousand views, which means that I had an extra 200 views in the previous bit of information. I've got an extra 900 views in the last 16 days. And if you have been paying any attention, I, I've kind of died off in the past 16 days, I would say. I've, I've spent more time uploading shorts. I uh, uploaded that little three-minute video giving a little update, a little press release for Black Ink. But realistically, I haven't been punching the, the podcast out as much as like I've been kind of doing in the past where I could get up to five uploads a week. So this, this piece of information is getting me really excited. I've gone from 61 subs to 63 subscribers, which means that I'm getting more people viewing my content regardless of how many subscribers that I have. Super exciting. So I've gone from 252 hours watch to 280 hours watch. So, I mean, those analytics, I mean, they, they tell more than one story. There's a few different ways you can uh, perceive what's going on there. But the thing I take away from it is at the end of the day, I'm getting more views, which means that channel is growing comfortably. Now, did I think I would have a fuckload more subscribers and a heap more watch time and a heap more fucking views by the time I done 62 podcasts? Absolutely. Do I let it dampen my spirit? Absolutely not. That's what this shit is about. I don't care if I have to take the hard road. Shit. I was even talking to a friend last night about my Instagram, um, my Instagram growth. And this, I mean, I've even got my Instagram followers on here as well. I'm not going to go through all of them, but I'll give you the, I'll give you the bare bones of the information that matters. Okay. On the 21st of April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. So on the 21st of April, which was seven months ago in fucking what, uh, four days. I had 790 followers on Black Ink, 790. So today, seven months later, four days shy of seven months later, I've got 1,670 followers, which means that I'm just over 100 followers away from having 1,000 followers more than this time seven months ago. I haven't paid for any advertising I haven't done any fucking, you know, follow for follow or like for like bullshit. That is 100% gaining just over 900 followers from just posting quality content, from just engaging with the community around me. And the thing is, those numbers, the likes and the comments that I've got from way back in April to now, they all grow at the same rate. So I've gone from getting 20 likes on a photo to getting one of my reels the other day, got 400 and something likes on it. And I like that is the best performing thing. But from an average of getting 20 likes, which are just people who used to know what black ink is, to now having like up to, I think my average is between 70 and 110 likes on a post, whether it be a still image, a reel, a carousel, whatever it might be. And those likes coming from this new community of people that I've got myself involved with through this platform is absolutely amazing. I'm just about to, I don't want to talk too much about it, but I, I am going to be a little bit transparent with what I've got coming up in the future. But I'm just about to go into the world of advertising my brand with paid um, adverts. And I think the really cool thing is like, I've got all of this genuine growth from just creating good content and just engaging with my community. So I'm super excited to see where this goes with the paid advertising because I'm not going for engagement campaigns on Facebook, which if you're familiar is when you pay to have, 
It's when you build a campaign and you pay to have it advertised in such a way that you're only going for more followers, more people to like and comment your posts, and more people to be involved with your page, but you're not really trying to get any sales out of it. The whole thing is just trying to get more engagement with it. So I'm not going for that option. I'm going just to convert, which means I wanna convert people from viewers into buyers, which means I'm gonna be launching a campaign which is product specific, and the whole aim of the game, the whole aim of the campaign is to sell as much of that particular product as possible. So now, let me talk a little bit about that because that's exciting. The trademark tea, which a lot of you know is like, well, if you don't know, it's the first tea that's going to be released officially from Black Ink that's 100% produced in-house. So obviously the OPT, the Box Globe tea, the Royally Fuck tea, a lot of these designs, I've had them out forever and a day, and now I'm able to produce them in-house. This is the first thing that I'm going to release that is from day one going to be produced in-house. So none of these teas that end up out in the wild are going to be produced by some third-party outsource company. All of them are going to be produced by me. So I'm super excited to bring these to market, but because of the nature, I mean, because of the fact that this is the first tea that, I mean, to, to be honest with you, I think this is the first tea where I, I'm super excited about it because I feel like it's my product. I don't feel like it's a, it's a combination or a mixture of a whole bunch of other working elements that I've had my little seasoning of fucking, um, you know, inspiration thrown into and then creating something out of it. This is purely like, I got something blank, I brought it in, I've got the equipment, I brought it in, I've got the skills I need to do it, I brought it in, and now I've got a system that as long as I can sell as much of this as possible, I can actually benefit off being able to bring everything together and do, do everything myself. So because of that, I don't just wanna bring this to market, I wanna hit this as hard as fucking possible. So over the past eight months that I've had from building my website to now, and obviously you know having everyone go on there and buy their things and utilizing this as a web store, I've got this whole collection of people who are email subscribers. So when you sign up to get my 10% discount as you enter my page, that puts you into my email subscriber list. And now, I, like you, have bought things online before and I know how fucking annoying it is when you give away your telephone number or your mo or your email address and that business or company then uses it essentially against you to sell you more shit in the future. And they put it under this label of trying to like be convenient for you and offer these things before everyone else. I wanted to avoid that with my business. The last thing that I want to be seen as is someone who's trying to force a sale onto you. So what I've done is I've held all of those email subscriber emails and instead of sending out a newsletter every week that you're just going to delete whether it's got a good deal in it or not, I've saved it until I've got something really fucking cool to deliver. And finally, I feel like I've got really something fucking excitingly cool to deliver and now I get to utilize that resource of mine. So I'm going to be hitting this hard. So if you're an email subscriber of mine, which I'm sure you are if you're listening to the podcast, very soon you're going to get an email in your inbox letting you know that you can get the trademark tea before anyone else and at a cost that's better than anyone else's cost. So I'm going to be doing email marketing. I'm also going to be setting up a Facebook advertising campaign where I'm, again, it's going to be a conversion campaign where all I do is focus on selling the trademark tea. Uh, that's it. I'm just going to be focusing. It's only going to be a campaign based around the trademark tea. I'm going to have a few A and B tests, but essentially all it is, is just selling that tea. I'm not trying to get more subscribers or more followers or anything from it. That is what I'm aiming to do. And then on top of that, I'm doing, I thought it was going to fall then. Oh my God. You know, when your heart goes cold, I think that's the feeling of adrenaline. Hmm. 
oh my god, I always get that when the cops pull you up and you know you're real stoned. <laughs> yeah, no, um, yeah, no, I've got my license. I'll get it. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I'm also going to be doing a direct marketing campaign, which means that, sorry, a DM marketing, which is direct messenger marketing, which basically, if you didn't know this, the majority of like businesses and companies are like utilizing this so much more now. They're having direct conversations with people in their DMs once they respond to something. And this this is showing you behind the veil a little bit, but I mean, this is the thing, like I understand how marketing works and marketing still works on me. So I feel like being transparent with the customer or the audience with you right now isn't gonna really do me any damage. Here's what I do. So basically I create a poll and I say like, and this is the thing, there's still a, like a requirement that you have to fall into for it to make sense, right? So say I put up a poll of my new t-shirt and I go, who wants to, who wants to cop this? If someone responds yes to that, and they've already bought a t-shirt off me. Essentially, if I know that they're like, prob they're probably an email, um, they've probably signed up to my email subscription thing. They probably use a 10% off thing. I know that they own Black Ink. Maybe I've seen them in Black Ink or whatever it might be. I offer them the same deal that is on offer in the Facebook campaign and in the email marketing campaign, right? Because at the end of the day, all I'm trying to do is sell that particular shirt. So whether I get a sale through DMs, email marketing, through word of mouth, through you finding on my Instagram page, through Facebook camp uh, advertising campaign, it's all the same to me. I'm just trying to sell the shirt. So what I do is I create polls in my story and I say, here is what's for sale. Who wants to cop it? Who's keen on getting one of these? And then if someone says yes to that, and when I say someone, I might get 50 people respond to that. So I'll email, I'll, I'll DM each of those 50 people and say, hey, if you want to cop this, let me know. I'll send you through the link, da, 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 da. And then once I've got all my email subscribers, I've got all the Facebook marketing campaign, I've got all the people that have responded yes to the one, two or three posts that I put up, you know, with polls on them, whatever it is, then, then I release the shirt. So basically what the change that I'm making between what I was doing and what I'm doing now is I used to just come out with a new design, I'd put it in my story, people you know, people would respond to it. I'd typically get those people and say, hey, if you wanna get this shirt before anyone else, here it is for the same price. You can get it today, rah, rah, rah. I'd get all them, and then at the end of the, say that was on Tuesday, then on Friday, I'd put it up on my website, it would be available, and then I might get like, you know, I might get another small percentage of people buying it off the post. But the reality is, when I look at what I'm doing, and this is this is a hard pay, I, like I, the whole time I'm trying to remember with black ink exactly what it is and what it's being perceived as from the outside. Because to me, like I'm still pushing my marbles around in the sand. This isn't that exciting. I'm just doing the daily in and out thing, trying to adhere to the goals that I've got written up for the next month, for the next two months, six months, and so on. And I know that if I meet all those goals, then this time in a year's time, this is going to be a really exciting thing. This is going to be something where I can just post a, a post up saying, hey, this is available on my website. And enough people will go and buy that t-shirt to give me the income that I need to continue doing this. But realistically, and this is the thing, I feel like people don't actually realize this from the outside point of view. Right now, like right now, I have no money. I have no money. And not like theoretical no money, like... I have enough money to post out the orders that I've got today that I need to post out and send off. Like I have enough money for that. And then after that, I can't get coffee on the way home. It's fine. But my whole like life is, di is dictated 
by what cool shit that I can make, how well I can market it, and how many of that thing that I can sell. So right now, I'm waiting until I sell the next batch of stuff that I make so that I can then go and live my life. I can you know, go and put fuel on my Harley and go for a ride, and I can go and do things with my mates, and I can go and have a coffee with someone and be able to pay for my own coffee or have a meal or whatever it might be. And I'm not asking for any sort of sympathy or anything like I fucking... Somehow I like this life more than I like the life of being paid by someone else and taxed before I even receive my money. But that's 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 a whole other fucking conversation that ends up in arguing. But anyway, the point that I'm making is I'm like at the moment, I think people like to believe that I release a shirt and I sell a hundred of them. The most of any shirt that I've ever sold, like, you know, when I've released it is like 30 or 40, you know, and even then that's going like a full fucking dedicated release, building it up, you know, teasing people. Then on the day, messaging a hundred people and having out of those a hundred people having fucking, you know, maybe 30 of them respond to you. And then out of those, those 30, having 15 of them actually buy a t-shirt. So even like, I'm still working with reasonably small numbers. And the point that I'm making is like, I'm just trying to, like I did with my YouTube page, I'm just trying to add a couple more numbers onto those small numbers every time so that I can get to a point in a year where you release something and it just pops off and you sell a hundred of them and you've got money to fucking live, you know? But anyway, talking about new products, since I've got you all wound up, I've told you what I'm doing with the trademark TU. I've given you my little plan that I'm going to use to execute and try and get the most amount of sales as I can for myself. I have something, I have two things that are super fucking exciting to show you. Are you ready? Are you watching the video version of this? Because if you're not, this is going to be a letdown. Radio, here we have. Are you ready? This is the first of the two new hockey jerseys that are going to be available in December. I know what you're thinking. Oh my God, Jake. How did you make something so cool? You know why? Because I'm the fucking man. Look at that. Look at that beautiful burnt orange compliment anybody's eyes then you've got that shoulder to shoulder black ink across the back oh my goodness what can i wear this with though jake you can wear this over a hoodie with some black skinny jeans and be the baddest motherfucker you want hey maybe you're a chick you can wear just this with just some fucking some air force ones and some socks you can wear underwear if you want underneath but this is just like dude this is a large you could wear this as a dress confidently right I know what you're thinking. Hey, you said there was two jerseys to be excited about. Hold your horses. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. So you've seen the burnt orange. Check out that crisp white boy. Woo! Look at that. And we've got the across the shoulder. Black ink. Bam, bam. Gang, gang, baby. This shit is all time. Now... I've had a few people already say like, oh, you can't read black across the shoulders and all the rest. You don't have to. You don't have to. You know why? Because you're cool as fuck. And this is the thing. This is the thing. Do you remember like, I remember this uh, fucking fat dude in primary school. And I mean fat in an offensive way, right? He was overweight. He was too big because he ate too much. He wasn't brave. He wasn't fucking special. He wasn't from a big bone family. He was a fat cunt that ate too much food. Okay? That's how that works. And what he used to do, I used to love this as well. He would walk around with his collar popped all the time. Right? <laughs> and I remember asking my dad, I'm like, hey dude, like, your collar is, is like, oh yeah, it was, I guess it's like that when I, from when I put my shirt on this morning. 
And in my mind, I'm like doing the maths with a fucking keyboard and a calculator over here. I'm like, hang on, wait. So you're telling me that you put your shirt on this morning and your collar was up and you didn't have enough time or energy or whatever the fuck was going on in your life to fix that collar just then. Okay? That's what you're telling me is you didn't have any time then. And then you went and saw your family. You had a bullshit backwards and forward conversation. You got on the bus. The bus drove you to school. No one mentioned it on the bus. You got off the bus. You went to homeroom. You did whatever you did in homeroom. You had your first two periods. Then you fucking had recess. And then you had a second two periods. And now you got to lunch. You went through all of that shit and still didn't have time or energy or whatever to put your collar down. That's how you got here. Right? And I'm like, of course, at the time, because I'm just like fucking, you know, little tubby, fucking bald, weird kid who does speed skating in their spare times. So I was like, oh, yeah, no. Nah. But you can you can put it down now. And then he's like, yeah, no, nah, I, I don't want to. So I'm like, hang on. Hang on. Maybe you do know that your collar's been popped the whole time. Maybe people have told you. Maybe you did have enough energy and time to get this down. But you just don't want to. And that's when I realized... When you're cool, because this is a thing, this fat cunt was somehow cool. When you're cool, you don't need a reason. You just need to do it. And people just are just like, oh, that's the guy who has his collar popped. Dude, he could have two shirts on with both collars popped. (laughs) There's this photo of Nick Kroll, and he's got on like five or six polo shirts, like all over the top of each other, and all of the collars have popped on it. That is the fucking... That is the best fucking photo of all time, having five collars popped at once. But getting back to the point, I realized that it actually didn't matter what the fuck he did. If you just rock up and be that guy, you're the guy who's that guy. Like I've explained this to, to my friends, you know, like I've got this pair of fucking, let me go get them. Just wait there. Right, so these glasses, oh fucking, before they're anything, they're fucking dirty, eh? But these are, uh, they're Arnett, and they're like the Post Malone fucking special release glasses, right? And last year I needed a new pair of glasses, and I remember it was such a big deal because I didn't have any money, around this time because it was for my birthday. Anyway, I've been into Sunglasses Hut and I had buddy picked out these glasses. Let's put them there so you understand what I'm talking about the whole time. I picked out these glasses and I remember saying to Riz, like, oh, I want these glasses, but I don't have the money to buy them. And realistically, I shouldn't have got these glasses, right? Because when it comes to glasses, the simple fact is if you don't have excess money to spend, and this is a weird formula that you have to understand about glasses. If you need to go and buy a new pair of sunnies, right, and you don't have much money, you pretty much should get like just basic black square frame, non-reflective lenses, not risky, completely safe glasses. And by not risky, I mean they should be able to be worn with 95% of the clothes that you wear, right? Because if you get a pair of glasses that you think are really cool and they suit, say they suit black tees and you're like, doesn't matter what I wear on the bottom half, I know if I wear black on the top half, I get away with these glasses. Well, then it fucks you on the sunny days that you want to wear white or red or blue or whatever it might be, and you don't have the money to have the supplementary second pair of glasses that would suit that, right? So in my situation, I had no money to buy the glasses anyway. I think I think Riz or Mum bought me these glasses, 
And the idea was our birthday present. Obviously, they're going to be the glasses I'm going to wear all the time. And I had my mind set on these other glasses. I forget what they were. A safe option, probably black, just normal color, whatever it might be. They're 100 and whatever they were. And on the day, I made the last minute decision to get these. I listened to what I thought was my intuition, and it probably was. It was probably my common sense saying like, hey, man, they don't suit like 60% of the shit that you wear. In fact, I don't think they even suit you, right? But, but... I had this one thought. I am the guy who wears the yellow glasses if I just rock up wearing them. Because this is the thing, and like this even goes back to how people perceive black ink compared to how black ink actually is. People think black ink is doing wildly successful. Shit, I had a friend sit here last night and he was talking to me as if I was a guy who invented fucking Cabernet Nior. It was crazy. Like, I, he, like I, I could feel by the way he was talking to me that he was putting me up on this pedestal of someone who does heaps of hard work, gets heaps of good results, this, that, and the other, where in reality, I'm just a confused almost 29-year-old who's making no money and selling 20 shirts at a time, you know? So that perception of what it is from the outside versus what it is from the inside, they don't have to align. In fact, if you know how to master yourself and your perceived character, then you can have people see you however you want. And I said to myself in Sunglasses Hut, I want those glasses. I want those glasses. I want the yellow ones. You know what I mean? They're silly. I like that about them. Who the fuck wears these in a serious situation? Imagine doing a drug deal and someone's got these on. You're like, bro, are you fucking serious? I would rather you be an undercover cop right now than be who you are seriously with those fucking glasses on. It's ridiculous. So I bought the glasses. And sure, I struggled. I did struggle. I you're constantly in this place of like, I wish I just had a second pair of glass. And this is a thing, like it's only like 30% of the time that you think these negative things, you're like, what the fuck am I doing wearing yellow glasses? Like, and it's, it's like, also, they're, they're, they're too small for my face. You know what I mean? Like why, like width wise, they're fine. But as far as like covering the amount of eye, like I need more of my eyes covered up to be a, a reasonable adult, you know? But that's okay. It's only those few times I'm like, fuck, you know, I wish I had gone for a different glasses choice. But Somewhere, I mean, somewhere in the process of, I don't know, just this year and black ink and this whole fucking change that I've been going through as an, as an adult and as Jake Kerr and all the rest, I realized that you're the guy who with no money at all, when you had, you know, your special allocation of money to go and buy some glasses for your birthday present or your Christmas present, whatever it was, you're the guy who chose the yellow glasses. You're the guy who wears yellow glasses. So don't spend time worrying about being the guy who wears something else. Your whole job is to wear those glasses. And from the outside point of view, people don't look at you and go like, why the fuck are you wearing those glasses? They're like, oh, you're the guy who wears yellow glasses. Like that fat cunt in school. He was a guy who popped his collar. And the reason why he didn't put it down had nothing to do with time. It's because he just decided that he's going to be the guy who popped his collar. He popped his collar. He stopped thinking about it. And then furthermore, he was the guy who popped his collar. So, yeah. Black ink goes from shoulder to shoulder, and you can't read it normally. But in all honesty, if you don't know what the fuck it is, just move along anyway. The people who do know what it is are going to go crazy for it because they appreciate that you've got the fucking, the new black ink. 
You know what I mean? That's the whole point of this. I don't want to make some shit that fits into the... I don't want my stuff to be on the shelf when you go to buy my shit in shops, when it's in shops next year. I want my stuff to stand out from the moment you walk in the door. I want my shit to be sitting on the hangers different because it is different. I just don't want to be another fucking t-shirt brand that someone pulled together in their backyard. I want to be something that stands out because if I set the precedent now, then it means the future I'm only going to be getting better and better and better and better. And part of that is putting my name from shoulder to shoulder. Hey, hey, what are you going to do? Man, I fucking... Mm. By the way, I've got a question. I don't have a question, actually. It's more of a observation. So today I was on Instagram. And do you know those people who like... Like... How do I say this? Okay. You know those girls who post on Instagram like they're in a reality TV show? I think that's the back end of what's going on. I think they don't realize themselves what they're doing. I think what they do is they watch heaps of reality TV and then they think the things that they say are as important as the thing that people on reality TV are saying. So follow me here. The girls who like... So the thing that inspired all of this this morning, and if you're the fucking stupid bitch who posted this, I'm sorry, I don't want to offend you. But... um, So... <laughs> so rough, dude. Dude, you know what's fucking crazy? I spoke the other day on my podcast about... um. The guy who responded to me on, um, <laughs> the guy who responded about the coffee cup, the streak of light, and he messaged me saying with a, sm- a laughing emoji saying like, oh, the, the streak of light ruins it. Dude, so as it turns out, I record it, then I record I record the video of the cup, I record the video of the podcast, he messages me the next day, I upload the video of the podcast, which talks about me, the whole situation, right? And then, how does it happen? I then created the short of me talking about him sending me that message. I post it on my podcast Instagram. I share it on my Black Ink Instagram page. He sees that video, goes and watches the entire podcast, and then messages, dude, fucking social media doesn't stop. It never stops. It's crazy. And like, I'm saying saying things on these podcasts, thinking that like people aren't listening to it. I've got fucking almost 3,000 views on, on this fucking channel with 280 viewed hours. Like, bro, I have to assume that even if he doesn't watch it, someone he knows is going to watch it. I'm throwing myself under the bus. I literally ragged on Bunbury City Motorcycle for fucking 40 minutes on a podcast thinking that they're not going to hear it. Dude, they probably heard it by the end of that fucking day. You know what I mean? It's all good. I don't want to fucking buy Honda parts from them. I'm just saying, throwing myself, I'm walking the plank for no reason. Anyway, the point that I was making was, this chick posts this thing and she goes like, for anyone trying to piece together my life through the through what I post on Instagram, ha 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 ha, keep trying or oh, good luck. Bitch, no one is trying to put your life together. No one's even reading the captions on your fucking photos. Do you get that? Like, I'm trying to make an entire fucking story of me starting this business from when it came from nothing right up until it's a multi-million dollar enterprise, right? And people still don't even read my captions. What the fuck makes you think that people are keeping up with your life like it's a Kardashians? You've got 400 and something followers and fucking 400 of them don't care about you. That's the reality. That is the reality. And it's fine. But stop acting like you're the center of the like you're the center of the center of attention. Stop acting like you're the main character of anyone's movie. 
You're the main character of your own movie and you don't take yourself seriously. So why the fuck are you using this platform as, and this is the thing, by you saying that, you're, you definitely are uploading shit onto Instagram thinking that people are keeping up with your story and you feel some sort of like responsibility to tell them what's going on in your life. Hey, guess what? No one cares you're laying by a pool. You know what? No one cares what you're eating. No one cares how sexy you think you are. Okay? I'm sorry, but that is the real truth. Until you got an OnlyFans account, no one fucking cares. All good. It's all good. But what I have a bigger problem with than that than that is like I think we do there's these actions and these behaviors that people do in today's society that we really don't uh they're fucking alien and we've just let them come into normalcy. We've kind of just accepted that that's what people do. And like the selfie the, the act of taking a selfie and posting it has gone from something that only cringe people did on Instagram back at, you know, in the early uh, early days. But in reality, now everyone has at least one selfie up. Should I take a selfie a day? It's how the shit works. You know what I mean? But now we're at a point where, and I, I've actually avoided talking about this specific topic about makeup for so long because I'm scared that I'm going to lose some of my following uh, only because like, you know, obviously there are some females and maybe some males that do use makeup. They use cosmetic things to make themselves look better and all the rest. And for me to pick on that, I might be losing myself a customer or an audience member. And to be very honest with you, I'm at the point now where I fucking don't care because I still have the same attitude now as I did at day one about this shit. People painting their faces to look like, dude, I get it. I fucking get it, okay? You're allowed to put bigger wheels on your four-wheel drive and to make it look tougher, but it's a part of being a four-wheel drive is having bigger wheels, right? When you change your entire appearance with makeup, that says to me, not that you're beautiful, but you have some sort of body dysmorphia where you think you are something different to what you are right? Now I know what you're thinking. Hey, Jake, we can't all be born 6'4 with a big dick and beautiful looks. But what you can do is work with what you got, okay? These girls who, and the part that blows my mind is a lot of them are attractive to begin with, and then they look like something totally different. They look like a version of themselves with eyes that are like four times bigger and their lips are all, I look at my beautiful big lips. And their nose is tucked in and they've got fucking wings that come to their fucking ears. And it's like, what are you trying to achieve? Why are your teeth impossibly white? You know, like you're allowed to just be a fucking human. You know what I mean? And get this, you're allowed to have enough confidence in yourself that it doesn't matter whether you don't look as good as you possibly could with makeup. If people don't like how you look, then fuck them. Right? Let me say that again. If people don't like how you look without makeup, then fuck them, right? If people don't like these sunglasses, say it with me, fuck them, right? Fuck them. That's how this works. You don't like, and the, the bizarre part is, is a lot of these girls are spending a lot of fucking money on all these products. I'm not, yeah, the storage and the and the keeping of these products, I don't want to get into because that's a whole other story of its own. But 
The amount of money, time, and effort that these females are putting into looking totally alien compared to what they look like. And this is the thing. They all egg each other on. They're all egging each other on all the time. Oh, yeah, my my fucking whip goes out to here. My whip goes out to here. Oh, yeah, well, my eyebrows are here. Yeah, well, my eyebrows are halfway between my fucking, my eyes and my hairline. How about that? Oh, your lips are fat? Fucking wait until you see the cement I pour into these bitches. Wait until Monday, bitch. I'm going to come back with fucking chunky donkeys on on my face sort of thing. Man, I don't get it. And the thing that has become so normal now that I'm so confused with is the selfie story where they're just slightly moving. Okay, so like pretend this is my phone. Okay, and I'm, it's actually a beautiful fan that I got from Hanning City in China when I was at World Championships for inline speed scanning. It's another story for a different podcast. Don't worry about it. Pretend it's my phone. And they do this, right? They go like, are you just profiling your makeup ability? Is that what's going on? And if you are, can you give me some context, right? So for those who are just listening, what I did was, I'm gonna talk you to talk you through it while I do it again. They get their phone, they put it about a foot, foot and a half away from their face, they use the forward-facing camera, they start recording, and then usually with a beautiful background, it'll be like either their bedroom or it'll be, you know, like a some nature or something nice, you know. And it won't be like their bathroom with a shit lane in the toilet sort of thing. It'll be quite a aesthetically pleasing background and usually very good lighting. All young females understand how lighting and cameras work now, which purely just demonstrates the point that I'm making. But they'll kind of pucker up their lips in a really unnatural kind of way and they'll hold a facial expression that looks like they're caught between trying to say hello and squeeze out a shit without making any sound and then they just ever so softly move around so you can appreciate all the contours and all the blending that they've done and every element of the makeup they've just spent three hours putting on right and then they upload it with no text or no context or no background information about what the fuck's going on. And now, like, they do it, and so then their friends think they can do it, and now just every chick does it. So you'll be going through your stories, and, like, I don't know what your stories are like, but my stories go from, like, fucking dudes doing wheelies on Harleys, dudes fucking lighting each other's hairs on fire, uh, and, like, this is the thing. Like, it's not just all dude content. You know, the the chicks that I follow who are travelers and shit, and they show amazing um, views, or sometimes people show their cars, people show this and that. And then you just go to a completely quiet story of some chick just very subtly moving, making a face that it never happens naturally. And, like, I just wonder, like, are you waiting for that moment in your life where someone's like, do you think... Like, this is the thing. I, like... I feel like in the back of our minds, we always do these massive amounts of effort for like a very weird conceited moment that we believe is going to happen. Like sometimes when I'm putting on a suit, the rare occasion that I put on a suit, I'll put on a suit believing that there'll be a moment where I'll be walking around a corner with the suit unbuttoned and I'll be looking over here, someone will look at me and I'll look at them and that'll be the perfect moment of me wearing a suit. I appreciate that 95% of the time, I don't look any good in a suit. As far as someone looking good in a suit, but actually like standing out in a suit the way Brody Cassidy did for the Melbourne Cup, like bro, what the fuck? How do you put an outfit like that together? That was beautiful, okay? But... To have like some to have a massive amount of effort put into something, I feel like that is always for a very specific sort of moment. And I feel like even when I'm getting dressed up, those moments that I make up in my mind are pretty like unnatural and unreasonable to think that they're gonna happen, but I live in hope, right? These females who put on these massive amounts of makeup, like I don't think they realize that 99% of the time they're wearing their makeup, they're the same stupid bitch they were before they put on the makeup. 
The majority of the time, you're not sitting there just pondering life, thinking with your lips puffed as much as you possibly can, looking extremely relaxed so you have absolutely no lines or wrinkles on your face, like with the light hitting you and such a per- Like most of the time, I can just see where your fucking blending starts and stops. Most of the time, I can see that your eyes are uneven. Most of the time, I can see you're just a person with their fucking face painted. The difference between you and that clown meme is fucking nothing, Right? I know it sounds like I'm being really fucking aggressive here, but like, honestly, why the fuck would a woman put on makeup to go to work? Like, have you forgot the fact that you're going to work to make money to propel yourself into whatever life that you want? That your life is not going to work and doing that on repeat, so therefore you've got to look pretty at work? Like, I don't understand that. And obviously, like, I'm a dumb, misogynistic male who knows fucking nothing. Dude, I'm a white, successful male. My opinion means absolutely fucking nothing in today's day and age. So don't let this hurt your feelings if it is. All I'm saying is, that dude in high school was fat as fuck and popped his collar, and there's no reason to wear makeup in today's day and age. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Not no reason. There's no reason to change your appearance completely using cosmetic makeup. That's what I'm saying. There is no difference between someone who paints their face to look like a clown and someone who paints their face to look like someone completely fucking different to who they are, right? Anyway, look, I took this shit too far. That's what it's all about. Be good to your mum because I'm fucking out. Yeah!